Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hi, and welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am your host, along with Greg, Brad, and Jeff. Uh, Excited to be here with you today. Uh, we, we are talking about all things financial advisors on this show. And our the whole purpose of the show is to help you gain the edge to get better at your practice and reach your goals. And one of the most important things you're going to do is meet with prospects. And that first appointment, that ever critical first appointment, that time when somebody's coming in and they're making their decision really quickly, if they like you, they want to work with you, and if they're going to trust you to give you your money. So we're going to talk about those strategies and techniques to make sure you're on the right track to deliver world-class presentation and service today. And, um, you know, I, I, I've i really, over the last five years, gotten so much better at my first appointments, but I, I know there's people out there that make huge mistakes around their first appointment. So here's the first question for the guys out there. You know, when, when do you think the first appointment starts? Does it start when the person walks in or does it start prior to them coming in? What do you guys think? I think it's the stage is definitely set at the first contact. Mm-hmm. It sets the almost the theme or the culture of how the the appointment's going to go. Yeah. Well, and absolutely related. I would ask, what do you even mean by first appointment? I mean, when does the relationship start? The relationship starts when they find you, <laughs> and so how did that happen? And what expectations were set when that happened? Were they referred by somebody that's a long client? And what expectations got set then? Where did they go? They probably landed on your website at some point. What expectations were set by your website? So if you're talking about when does the dating process begin, it begins before they ever even interact with us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, whether they emailed you and said, hey, I'm working with Karen or whoever it is, you know, one of your clients. um, Yeah, it's it's all that that conversation that leads up to, oh, hey, you're coming in at Tuesday at four o'clock. Are you sending them a brochure about, hey, uh, about this is a little bit about our company. And just to confirm Tuesday at four o'clock, I look forward to meeting you then. So whatever your process is, absolutely. What about you, Jim? Yeah, you know, um, I think I think it's a hundred percent before they come in. They're t- they're look if you're I, I have a younger advisor in my uh, office and I ask him I said before you uh, you meet one of these you know he's on, he's 23 trying to find a girlfriend so when you when you meet somebody on Tinder you know what what's your process he goes oh I'm going out to Instagram and seeing what they really look like I'm going to try to find them it, it, clients are doing the same or prospects are doing the same thing for us they're going out to our Facebook page they're going out to our digital assets they're listening to podcasts recorded or YouTube they're trying to figure out are we legit. Uh, who are we? What do we look like? What do we think? What do we say? And then when you first talk to them, everybody in your team from you down to your professionals in your emails, and then finally the collateral you send them. You know, we we send out a, a letter explaining what the appointment looks like. We have a 
We, we send out articles. We send out the silly little book I wrote. We send out a whole process. So before they come in, they're familiar with who we are and what we think about and how we how we interact. So I think that it, if you can do that the right way, it breaks down that barrier. Because remember, there's always a trust barrier. If it's not a, a referral is different, right? Like a referral, you're going to get the trust barriers essentially broken down because you've had an, you've had an advocate. But if it's just a cold prospect you've connected with, their guards up. So anything you can do to make them more familiar with you, that's a big deal as far as I'm concerned. Do, do you guys send things to prospects before they come in, questionnaires or or articles or anything like that? We, we, now, we now send a questionnaire. Um, and I, I used to go back and forth on that. Um, and, and Jim, I think I know you've had some experience with that. Uh, when I was working for an assistant for a financial advisor, the people would show up and they wouldn't even complete the questionnaire. They'd be sitting in the lobby, you know, completing it right before like like a second grader that shows up five minutes before school, not doing their homework kind of thing. And, and what you'll find is I used to think, oh, you, you send them a questionnaire. They're not going to complete it. P- believe me, the people who are serious are going to complete the questionnaire. So um, that that's what we do. Um, and, and we started to send a packet about our, our company ahead of time. What about Brad and Jeff? Yeah, so I've become more and more transparent over time on my website. Um, I divulge a lot about our approach. Some of the things we spoke about in like your typical questions and what they are, I've made it my goal to actually walk through that list of questions and answer every single one of them on my website. So I point them back to the website because uh, they can get the full story there. Um, and, and then I think where you are all talking about sending a questionnaire or you did, Greg, um, I'm doing that a little bit differently in that I want to engage with them for five to 10 minutes by phone before I meet with them. And I bet you if we were to compare that discussion, I'm asking probably a lot of the questionnaire type questions. Um, but it's my per, we're not here to talk about qualifying that is some of my pre-qualification or preliminary fit identification, of course, with the goal of portraying to them if I will be a good fit for them as well. So I do that by phone in a five, 10 minute conversation. I stress to people, my goal is to make this as simple and easy of a process as possible for you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually, um, I used to send a paper questionnaire, just like a regular staple printed we put it and fold it and then all of a sudden i went to this uh i went to this guy's office to do some uh, some some learning some masterminding with them and they had this uh really large printed like high quality cardstock questionnaire logo was on it it was it was awesome we've recreated that we send that in an, in an eight and a half by 11 envelope we mail that thing non-folded it's gloss it's really slick uh, we'll release that to folks who join the century club because i think it'll be It'll be really helpful. Everybody feels that I, we thought when they did it, because it's it's about a dollar a piece to send these things out. And when you're meeting with a lot of people, that that actually adds up over the course of a year. Um, and we've got to watch our margins, but everybody fills it out, surprisingly, because we, we would have people not want to come into our office initially and saying, well, I haven't filled my questionnaire out. I can't come for the appointment. I've gotten zero of those since we entered. I don't know what it is, but it seems really formal. So yeah, I think that's, I think, I think you, I like Jeff, I like what you do as well. I think that's a really cool way to do it as well. And that probably, that probably really limits your no-show rate. I imagine when you have had a conversation, people already know who you are in some sense. So I bet that, do they come in pretty familiar with you when you do that? 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've begun that relationship building process already. And so, yeah, then they know what we're there to talk about. Uh, they have a good sense of what we're going to talk about and why. So yeah, I work hard to, to get that rapport going early or make sure it's there. By the way, if it's not there, then I will be much more reluctant to invite them to that first meeting. Sure. Makes sense. Hey, Brad, let's let's pivot a little bit to once they actually are coming in for the first time. What does that stage look like for you? How are you setting that up for you're meeting a prospect for the first time? Let's say, let's assume it's not a referral who they love. They're, they're already half sold a referral, but it's somebody else who you've met somewhere along the line. How do you how do you set that stage? I pretty much run all of my prospect appointments just with the the number one rule being the more they talk, the better. I, I just try to get them talking and tell me as much as they can. I mean, they're going to, number one, they're going to tell me what they, what they want and what they need and how far apart those things are. Um, and then I pretty much leave the first, I, I very much go with the presumptive close. I just, the entire meeting, my, my demeanor is that I just assume they're going to work with me. That's how I frame everything. That's how I talk about it. That's how I talk about the future. Um, and I let them sell me a no if it's a no, which doesn't happen all that often, believe it or not. So Maybe I, I think I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, go, go ahead, Brad, keep on. You know, when you guys were talking about your pre-first appointment, I think that maybe my market, um, I think I, I is just a little bit different in that a lot of the people that come in um, for a first appointment, I already have some of the, they're not totally cold, right? I work with a lot of educators. They're very, kind of clicky, right? You'll, you'll, I'll end up with a, a whole group of, you know, a whole wing at a particular school district where the most of the math department works with me. You know, they've, they've seen, I have a lot of appointments, not a lot anymore, but I used to have appointments at their place of business. So it's not totally cold. The relationship a lot of times is already there. They've seen me, they've met me. Um, you know, same thing with people coming through, you know, like an online lead system, like a, like a Dave Ramsey smart vester. A lot of times I'm having a conversation like Jeff does with them in advance. You know, when I, when I talk to them the first time that it's, it maybe isn't as structured as what some of you are describing, but I, I do end up having a, when they walk through the door, the first time is not the first conversation we're having. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's really helpful that you 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 kind of run a niche practice and, and not not always, but in some ways. Sure. Because that 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 credibility has already been established. If if Betty in the math department is talking to Sue in the math department, it's it's already there. Like you're a known right. entity. So that's that's pretty cool. I think that's that's what we. I think that's one of the benefits if you have a niche that you, you you're already a subject matter expert. You're not just a, a general practitioner, kind of like I am. Um, that's kind of, that's a good point. In in my case, a lot of people I think view me already as that just because of the contact we've already had. Yeah, makes sense. So the other um, the other kind of questions I'd have about the first appointment is, you know, how do you guys start an appointment? So client they they've sat down. Obviously, I, I think it goes without saying. Like, like if you have an office, it needs to be presentable. There needs to be like a bottle of water or a cup of water there for the person. Maybe a maybe a pen and a note sheet or some collateral. Like the the room needs to be set up. The people need to be nice. Like that should be basic things we all think about. Now we're sitting across from this individual. What? How do you guys start that meeting? What do you say to them? Yeah, I, I just want to piggyback on what Brad said. 
uh, I can't remember exactly what words you used, but I think you said you want to be sure that they're doing most of the talking or something like that. Yep. And, um, and so I've worked really hard to make that happen. Going back to uh, some prior episodes we did about those list of common questions, I think one of the things, and it's just going to happen, some people are going to come with their prepared list of questions and not be prepared to divulge any information. And that generally speaking means that we are doing way more talking than the client, which is a bad thing. Um, and we're not making any progress on identifying fit or not. Um, so that's one of my goals in that pre-conversation is I will stress to them, I want to be sure that this is a good use of your time. And so in order for that to happen, the more we have in front of us, the more specific I can be in my answers to you. <laughs> Always be sure we're portraying value to the client because it's the truth. If I don't know anything about what they have going on, I'm giving these bland, generic answers um, and nobody's really accomplishing anything. So that said, and what I would tell them in advance, my goal is to prepare the first draft of a plan while we're sitting there. So to answer your question, Jim, I'm, I, I've done my plan enough to have it, of course, memorized uh, like the back of my hand. And so essentially what I'm doing is walking through with them each of the aspects of my plan from the fundamentals of cash reserves to timelines to assets and liabilities and income distribution, uh, income taxes, estate planning, and then investment allocation last. So I'm drafting that plan with them. And I said, guess what? You've just experienced what it's like to be my client. And so that's my goal is to make that happen in that first meeting. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Brad and Jeff. I, I think where I struggled in the beginning is not knowing that, hey, um, this, this prospect should be talking 70% of the time in the meeting, and I should be only talking 30% or less. Um, I, I sat in on a lot, when I was younger, sat in on a lot of um, uh, introduction meetings, discovery meetings, whatever you want to call it, uh, with one advisor and their prospect. And the ones that had the just, I mean, just sitting back as an observer, the ones that were just awful was where the advisor was talking 90% of the time. Hey, I'm a CFP. Hey, I've been doing this 25 years. Hey, uh, we specialize in doing X, Y, and Z. Hey, we do this. We do this. We, 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 we. And it was the client just sits back and it was like very, very uncomfortable. You know, the advisor, the guy never gave them a chance to, to talk about why they're here and, and what, what, what what they want to talk about. So, and I think it's a incredibly big waste of time because you don't know what they're there for. And so that's what you need to ask is, hey, what are, to make this the most productive use of our time, I, I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you okay if I ask you some, I ask them permission to ask them these questions to get them to start saying yes. And, and to say, hey, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. And yes. Ask away. Ask away. Okay. Why are you, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish in our short time together today? And ask questions like that. Tell me about your situation. What, and then try to get a, get a sense of understanding because, uh, you know, quite frankly, there's, there's a good percentage of people that uh, maybe I didn't qualify them good in, in, in the beginning or, maybe they're a, a do-it-yourselfer and they're giving me these vague answers of um, what they're really there for. Maybe they're there just to kind of ruffle up their, their feathers and show off in front of their wife. So um, so that that's my first meeting is to kind of get a sense of asking, asking, asking all these questions to just say, you know, 
and, and then I tell them, hey, at the end of this meeting, my goal is for you to get, for me to understand you and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish and to see if me and my firm is going to be a good fit to partner with you, but also to, for you to get an idea who I am and why I'm in this chair. And so I do share a story of, um, and it's kind of a sad, sappy story, but, uh, but I, I tell them, you know, why I became a financial advisor and that's huge. If, if you, um, that, that's, that's one advice, a big piece of advice I can give you guys or the listeners, really, you guys don't need my advice, uh, is if, if you ever do, um, share the story of why you became a, an advisor and it's not just to make money, um, that's what people are going to remember. They're going to walk out of your office and they're going to remember that that damn story, but they're not going to remember all the other stuff. So, I love it. I think the very first question I ask people is, "What brought you in? What do you want? What do you hope to accomplish today?" I think you've got to start with them. Like, and and if you'll find like there's people out there that they have no idea why they're there. Well, I just want to see what you can do for me. And I'm always that when when somebody answers that, it's like nails on a chalkboard. When somebody says, "I want to see what you can do for me," because you know I'm like they're just wasting my time. So I think you've got to you really got to probe into it. Here's what I in my at my firm, a first appointment is a chance to do, do, do to do two things. Number one, to qualify the person. We've already pre qualified them before they came in. My team asks questions about where they're at. So hopefully, when I sit across from somebody, they have the assets necessary to be in front of me. But ultimately, to figure out if I like them. I mean, we don't work with everybody. To figure out if they like me. And then ultimately, if they're working with an advisor, I want to build some wedges in there. I want to make sure that they they can see a difference. And I think I think some of the mistakes people make, and I think this might be an interesting pivot point, but to talk about some of the mistakes advisors make in a first appointment, I think we've already identified talking way too much is a huge mistake. And I think the other one... Uh, is bad mouthing the other advisor and, and and making them feel like a fool about where they're investing. So I think I think it's important to build wedges in there to make sure they know there's a different way. But certainly, uh, you don't want to bad mouth people. Would you guys agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You don't know if it's their brother-in-law or a cousin is the advisor. Yeah, you it's not going to win you any points. Yeah, you also don't want the person that would um, be a, if someone chooses you after you slander their advisor. That's probably not someone that you are going to want as a client in the future. No. You know, that's what wins the business by you talking badly about another professional. That's not the person you want. Yeah, agree. And it can be it can be tempting at times, you know, based on what you see on the statements. And um, believe me, but don't you know? My advice, just like you guys, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't part of that meeting when they sat down with their advisor, and you don't know what they heard, what they didn't hear. So it's easy to assume that somebody that put them in a variable annuity it did it told them that they were going to get a guaranteed five percent. But that that probably didn't happen or unfold that way. What are what are some of the other things that people make mistakes on in appointment processes? What are what are some other common pitfalls you guys see or have heard of? Yeah, well, I just was thinking, and this kind of ties a few of these subjects together. I would probably say over-preparing. Um, you know, it's one of the things that used to really bug me is what do I need to have ready before I meet with this person that I've never met? And I just go crazy trying to prepare for that thing. Um, and to the person that walks in and says, what can you do for me? My answer is, 
I don't know yet. So I'm going to ask you about a million questions. That's what I can do for you is ask you a lot of questions. And the great thing is you need zero preparation to ask questions, right? Except hopefully, you know what those questions need to be. Yeah. And and you, if you don't know what they are, you know, we, we actually have a, a first appointment guide or a fact finder that we go through with our clients. Just, I used to do a white, a, a yellow sheet or, you know, a legal pad, but then I would have like 400 of them filled up and I couldn't find my notes. So we have a manila folder when somebody comes in and we write all the notes in it. That way we can keep track of it. How about, how about people that give away too much? Should you be doing a lot of work for prospects, creating financial plans and, and, and giving them the recipe to everything, or should, should that wait? What do you think, Greg? That should be definitely wait at what, um, I'm a, I'm just kind of curious by nature, and I think I, I think Brad is is kind of developed this uh, just kind of laid back after you've kind of built a, a good business. It, it you're, it's a different perspective than it was when you were kind of younger and more eager. But you know, if if somebody has met with other advisors, I'll say, oh, uh, tell me about those meetings. How how did those meetings go? And and typically, what I hear from them, and I just sit back and listen. Because I'm kind of curious, like, I wonder what my competition's doing. And they all say, oh, well, they gave us this. And they start handing me all this crap that, you know, oh, here's the fact sheet for the American Balanced Fund. And here's this. And, and look at the chart. And, and so what the competition, in my experience, is doing wrong is, is, they're, is they're, give, they're, they're wanting to talk about performance and, they're, and talk about the investments. And they don't talk about any of the other things that the people want to talk about, like, hey, when can I retire? How much should I be, you know, saving? You know, all that kind of stuff. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, Jim, what people do, what advisors do wrong is they, they talk about the investments too, too soon and try to sell on the investments like it's the shiny object. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the process is the object, right? I mean, Jeff, that's what you sort of alluded to is your process is the magic. Is that is that right? It's exactly the point I was about to make. And So again, what do people fail to do as advisors? They fail to establish um, uh, standardized practices. So it's where I just said, I can walk through in that first meeting with the client, my financial plan, essentially, that's the same output that a client that's been with me for 20 years is experiencing. So it's the same thing. I'm doing the same thing, whether it's for a new client or for somebody 20 years in, um, of course, we're at a different stage of the relationship, but everything is consistent in terms of what I need and want to know. And by having a standardized package of services, basically, um, again, it, it's illustrative. If you look at the roughly seven to 10 pages, most of my clients' plans are, one of those is around investment allocation, <laughs> meaning that should be about a tenth of where we spend our time. So, um, it's just, again, are you doing a consistent, are you providing a consistent service to people? And then c- can you speak to that? And are you executing on that? That makes all of this so much simpler. Yeah, Jeff, actually, and both of you guys, um, I agree or disagree. Uh, Greg, you mentioned about, and I get this too, like what did, you know, how'd the other appointment go? They're talking about, they don't even have it, right? The, the American funds fact sheet or the chart or whatever. So for one, I think those people are talking too much mm-hmm. right? because, and I, I get that, that they come in and they're like, oh, well, he said this, this, and this, they pitched out this product work or this annuity rider. And it's like, wow, this was a first appointment. That's what did you tell them? They're like, well, nothing, but yeah, I honestly think 
you know, if you get to the point where you're showing someone a fact sheet, I think that the rest of appointment, the rest of the appointment must have gone horribly, right? I, for me, I don't, I never get to the, I don't even know where I would show someone a fact sheet because by the time they've agreed to work with me, they don't even want to know that, right? They've already, we've already talked yeah. about the process, established the trust. They don't want to see a fact sheet that they have chose. They're going to choose you or should choose you be like, this guy can do the job that I can't and don't want to do. I have hired him. Go do it. Tell me when it's done. Yeah. I don't ask the plumber how he's going to fix the pipe. Right? I was like, just thinking that. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. Yep. You should not be talking about investments in a first meeting and probably not a second appointment. You do this after they become a client and you're going to implement the strategy based yep. upon what you've said, your risk tolerance, your time horizon. Here's the recommended strategy. Does this make sense to you? You don't have anybody that's handing out fact sheets, prospectuses, all this, anybody that's talking about investments in the first meeting or even the second meeting is you maybe you talk about an allocation to Jeff's point. You have a you know one tenth of the plan is there, but you've got to wait. You've got to wait until you establish credibility, and they they should be buying your planning process and your the relationship and what you're going to offer. Not like not the American Funds Balance Fund. I mean, you know that's a that's a rookie mistake. So don't make that. Other mistakes that I think we see sometimes uh, are, are people they're they're trying to sell somebody pretty hard. Um, it, it, you know, they're always, they're, they're really slick and they're salesy. I, I don't get the sense that anybody here is that way. Uh, Jeff, I can tell that you're not a slick, you, you're a process oriented, Brad. I don't think you do it. Greg, you don't do it either, right? Is this, am I, am I off base on this? No, I, I tell stories. I know Jeff doesn't, but uh, <laughs> I tell a lot of stories. Uh, getting back to your example, um, with a plumber, the story that I use is, uh, you know, a contractor, when, when you hire him, the first thing he's going to do is he's, he's going to want to build a blueprint, which is like, it's exactly like Jeff's process is, is a blueprint to build your home. But he's not going in and saying, oh, hold on, hold on a minute. I'm going to show you why we're going to use screws instead of nails on all your gutters. I'm going to show you all the power tools we're going to be using. And we got these two by fours. They're fancy. You got you to look at all these tools we're using. These are great. We used a wall, top of the line. He, he's, he's just talking about the blueprint. And, and he's talking to the wife saying, now, now your bathroom, do you want two sinks in there or do you just want one? And tell me about what you want your shower to look like. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, that people want, you know? So anyway. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, the question I would ask if, and mistakes that often get made in terms of this idea of being salesy, um, do you speak with people the same way, regardless of the circumstances? Uh, you know, I mean, this kind of corny, prepared um, sales pitch, so to speak, that's not the same way you'd speak with a client that's been with you for a number of years, or not the same way you'd interact with somebody in a totally different setting. If you're finding like you need to put yourself in a certain frame of mind, something's not right. Something's not authentic there. And that will show through. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys the magic closing line that, that, that we use at our firm to have closed. Does that sound good? Sound good? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's as slick as we get at our firm around closing this. Here's the, guys, I want to, um, I want to thank folks who are listening to the show today. Uh, before we before we go, um, any final thoughts from anybody? Any takeaways that anybody wants to share around that first appointment uh, before we wrap up the uh, the show today? No Have a process. Be consistent and be authentic. Talk yeah. less, listen more. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, people can th- see through the BS. They're just looking for someone they like, they trust, and they think the recommendations are good for them and their family. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. Right, what's the website? It is thefinancialadvisorsedge.com. Jim, remind everybody about the special club that we're, we're starting to build. Yeah, we're putting together a club called the Century Club. It's for it's for like-minded advisors. Look, if you're an advisor listening to this and your goal is to grow a world-class practice, to hit 100 million, to build a lifestyle that you've always dreamed of, you're going to want to be part of this club. Uh, we're putting the final touches on that. Go out to the website at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com. Put your information in there. You're going to be the first to hear about it when we launch it. We're going to do special weekly events. You're going to have access to us to ask uh, individual questions, access to our collateral materials we use with clients, and we'll do our best to make it worth uh, every ounce of your time. More than anything, we want to thank you for listening to today's show. Hopefully, there were some takeaways there. Remember, be authentic, be yourself, have a process, treat people like people. These are people that are, are trying to do better. That's the total object of the first appointment to see if you can help folks. That's what this, this is a helping profession. If you do that, things are going to work out just fine for you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.